It's amazing how many houses we go through and the owners have spent good money on things that could put a buyer off. Like different tile combinations in bathrooms rather than being consistent. Yet they forget to fit out the wardrobes with shelves and drawers to have more effective storage. We want to get the expert advice on what the best way is to spend your money and add value to your property without spending a fortune. Welcome to Real Estate Right, where we talk to top experts on how to buy, sell, rent and invest right. Your hosts are Grant Kennedy and Sue Langeter. Frank Valentic has been regarded as one of Melbourne's trusted opinions in the Melbourne property market for almost two decades. He has also been a regular buyer's advocate on the block for all of the 11 Melbourne series. Welcome, Frank. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Welcome, Frank. Yeah, it's great to have you on. Thanks, Um, How did you get into advocacy work in the beginning? Um, I think it started from my own personal interest in property. So I'd I'd been buying my own investment properties um, from the age of 25. So I bought five investment properties and uh, in 2000 I I started as a buyer's advocate. I thought I'd like to do this for my clients as well and help them purchase property the right way. Yeah, brilliant. What elements uh, of a house add value to a final price? Well, I think the main ones to get right are the wet areas, uh, the, the kitchen and bathroom. So, you know, if you add value to those areas, they're the real big areas uh, that you can improve. Uh, so the kitchen area spaces, making it um, functional and, and usable for cooking and entertaining. And obviously the bathroom as well is, a, is another area where if you add value to that area, that can lift uh, the property's sale price considerably. So my biggest bugbear is seeing boxy mirrored robes in period homes. I just think they are the ugliest things on such a beautiful home that you could possibly think of. What value do buyers put on storage and the quality of storage in homes? Storage is really important because you can never get enough of it. Um, you know, we've got so much clutter and we live with so many things. Yeah. Most times, you know, you've got your shoes and you've got your belts and other bits in a in a bedroom. Uh, buyers love having walk-in robes. They mm. they expect that in a lot of properties. Yeah. Uh, but it, it is, you know, a definite must to have at least some built-in robes there. Yeah. Um, I think the mirrored robes can look a bit tacky, but they have got the functionality of using them when you're getting dressed and using the mirror space. Yeah. And using that as as a sort of you know bit of a bonus, uh, but uh, yeah, I think storage is really important, particularly if you've got a garage. Um, you know, buyers and you know tenants themselves will want areas that they can throw away their rubbish, and often garages are just used for storage and not even to park cars. Yeah, yeah, like ours. We see it all the time, <laughs> don't we? <laughs> uh, we have a listener, Ken from Deer Park, who has an unusually large uh, second living area which gets used as a bit of a dumping ground at the moment. Uh, he's worked out a way that he could possibly put a inner wall and a door to create a fourth bedroom in his home and still have a second living area. Would he need to get council permission to do that? No, I don't think he would. I think if there's structural... Um concerns or issues there that you'd, you'd need to get a, a building permit um, and get an engineer to, to do an engineering plan, but generally would not require a, you know, an actual planning permit from council. That'd be more something that's done if, uh, if it needs a, a building permit. Um, and I, I think there are internal alterations that won't really affect the outside aesthetics of a property. So I, w- I would say more it's a building permit 
type um, issue or scenario rather, rather than a council permit um, issue. Would he need to get a professional builder to do it to get a building certificate or could he do it you know, by the school of um, YouTube? <laughs> yeah. Um, if you want to do it properly, you definitely want to get a builder to do it. Uh, generally, the, the law states, I think, that if it's 12000 or more uh, value in renovations that you're required to have a building permit um, yep. in terms of a renovation. Okay. And also, if there are any structural issues, like if you're putting in walls or you know, removing part of the walls and so forth, that you need to have that sort of looked at by an, an engineer. So I think, yeah, the two scenarios there, you know, I suppose the two challenges is going to be whether that renovation will be over the, the actual cap that... Um, triggers a building permit. I think it's $12,000 yeah. now. It does change. It might be 16000 I have to check my uh, thing. And the second one would be if there's any structural um, changes, uh, which probably in Ken's case didn't sound like they were. If he was putting in walls rather than removing them, then I wouldn't think there's any structural issues there for, for yeah, Ken to worry okay. about. Yeah. What, um, when it comes to recommending adding bedrooms, like Typically, a bedroom does add value to a, to a property. What kind of um, price difference would someone be typically be looking at by mm. adding an extra bedroom in that sort of scenario? Like, is it every single case it will add value? Like, is that just like that scenario? Does that like immediately go add, add value to you straight away or, or not always? It can. Um, it, it'll depend on, you know, how much uh, the living space is compromised. So sometimes, you know, if you cut your living space down and, and it's then, you know, a very small unusable living space or not, not as functional, uh, then putting in the bedroom might actually be counterproductive to, to getting a, a better result. So um, we had a, a client recently that bought through us and uh, they converted a two-bedroom villa unit into a three-bedroom and it actually just sort of worked, but it was, it was getting tight. The living space was getting a little bit tight and they put another bedroom in off the living area. Um, so I think as long as you don't compromise other areas like you know if the living area becomes um, you know unusable or not as functional putting extra bedrooms probably not going to add that you know extra value whereas if you're adding a bedroom to a normal property it can you know add up fifty to hundred thousand dollars in value um, overall because you sort of go that next level up a two-bedroom house up to a three-bedroom you're often paying another fifty to hundred thousand dollars so yeah so so you just got to be careful that you don't try and squeeze it in and then you, and then you compromise too much. too much on the other areas. And I know when I write copy that people will say, I've got a four-bedroom house. I said, but you've only got one living area. You can't really have a four-bedroom house yeah. if you're making that front you know, room, which is really a lounge room. The house has to be balanced, essentially. So if it's a four-bedroom house, you really should have two living areas. Do you agree with that? Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah. I mean, if you've got a family, and I know I've got young kids, yeah. and they want to have their Xbox and play yeah. their f- Fortnite games and, you know, yeah. or watch their own TV shows, and then we've got our own area that we want to yeah. have when we're entertaining in the adult space. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I think, you know, if, if, you're, if you've got a family home, then yeah. you've got to really try to keep the two living areas yeah. um, because uh, there will be that important um, you know, functionality issue. Definitely. If if you've only got the one living area, and you know the kids and you are fighting for space. that space, yeah. and you know everyone wants a bit of space in their own their own room. So so I think yeah, keeping keeping that in mind, mm-hmm. um, that you could still 
achieve that result uh, for, for Ken uh, as long as you know he's able to try and you know keep the living areas um, not compromised and, and having good space and the right number of living areas um, because there's no use just sort of throwing in and creating a study somewhere and you sort of think oh that's going to add value to the sale price but then buyers walk through and go no that doesn't work it's not it's not exactly uh, working uh, to our needs now as well so yeah yeah, it all. I guess it also comes down to analysing the market that you the house is in as well. Yeah. Do you want to speak to maybe around that side of things? Like, um, it might be, I guess, kosher in one suburb to yeah. have a smaller living area yeah. versus a higher end um, suburb. Maybe would you expect to have two large living areas. Yeah. Do you see that in different areas? Yeah, it, and and different types of properties as well. As a good example on the block, the last series on, on Grey Street, yeah. uh, the boys there, you know, created uh, another living area upstairs and uh, changed theirs from being a four bedroom to a, a three bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually think they what they did was excellent because uh, you were still able to use the top floor as uh, you know almost a self contained apartment mm-hmm. slash fourth bedroom if you wanted to. But they had a bit of uh, functionality that none of the other houses had. And um, if they hadn't gone first, they, I, I would have expected them to win because their feedback from the buyers was the strongest out of everyone's. Yeah. But they, they, uh, they unfortunately went the first cab off the rank, yeah. which is the worst position to be in. Um, but I think there that, you know, having a four-bedroom family home on Grey Street, St Kilda, is is not going to be as as important as having you know a three bedroom more tailoring towards professional couples yeah. um, versus you know looking at are there going to be that many families uh, that are going to live in uh, you know a house on Grey Street in yeah. St Kilda so you're right I think the areas will match that if you're in the outer suburbs and you're in a family friendly area there then you know having the extra bedrooms and living areas is going to be very very important yep but uh, being on Grey Street, yeah. you know, in St Kilda, I don't think you're going to... And the type of buyer. The type of yeah. buyer was not a family. Yeah. Uh, it was typically going to be a professional or a couple yeah. or, a, or, or an investor. The guys who won, um, the, the young couple, yeah. they had, uh, they made a big change compared to the other, other ones, didn't they, where they had... Um, they created a, an Airbnb sort of yeah. setup, didn't they, within that home? And that was kind of a whole different uh, approach, wasn't it? Yeah, it was, and I think that worked uh, that because worked as well. they yeah. ended up winning, I guess. But. Yeah, they ended up winning, but also, you know, it had that different um, appeal that you know, if you had someone staying over, they had their own space, complete, you know, completely owned space. Yeah, uh, if you had sort of, you know, their own access and everything. Yeah, and yeah, if you had downsizing parents coming over to look after your child or mm. whatever it was, they had their own area there. Mm. Um, or the nanny. Or the nanny. But, yeah, but they, it could have been nanny's quarters or anything. But they did really well because they're in second spot, which is the best spot. Yeah. They don't want to be first or fifth. Um, and even the previous series, Sarah and Hayden won it from second spot and no one expected them to because you've got the largest pool of buyers yeah. at the start of the auctions. As I buy and the other advocates buy, we drop off yeah. and the buyers drop off. Um, so, so yeah, position helped them. But I think yeah, I think changing that floor plan and adding that that functionality also, um, you know, was was a bonus because I know I know that was uh, very positive feedback from my buyers of having that functionality, mm. uh, that change yeah. in, in, with, with the use of that room. Yeah, yeah, fair enough. 
Okay, so say we had $10,000 to spend on getting that property ready for sale. Where would you spend it to maximise the return? Number one would be property styling yeah. uh, because you only get one chance to make a first impression mm-hmm. and uh, you know the properties that, uh, that you're competing against most of the time are going to be professionally styled yeah. so if you're going in there not styled you're, yeah. you're at a very big disadvantage from day one yeah. um, so I'd start with that work yeah. out what your styling budget's going to be yeah. and then whatever you've got left over put it into some minor cosmetic improvements mm-hmm. so they might be small things like you know, a bit of repainting um, or some new flooring or carpeting, you know, things that can make a, a big difference. Yes, freshen uh, and freshen up because $10,000 is not going to go too far no. today. You're not going to get a new kitchen for $10,000. you are not no. going to get a new bathroom generally even. Yeah. Um, so I think they're, you know, styling for, for us is number one whenever I'm a seller's advocate. Yeah. The first thing I'm telling the clients is we need to get the either the tenants out so we can get the property professionally styled or we need to get you guys out or, or yeah. you know, to yeah. get you um, to do some styling and decluttering and getting it presented for sale yeah. uh, because you need to you know have that first wow factor when the buyers walk through the door they have that nice emotional feel and they have that attachment from the start um, and, and as I said you only get that one chance to make that first impression yeah. and um, styling can sort of take your eye away from the negatives of a property. Um, you can look at the nice prints and the fluffy rugs and the nice cushions and... And they can start to see themselves living there. Yeah, yeah. and, and you, over, you, know, you start to overlook the fact that the kitchen's daggy and old <laughs> yeah. and the bathroom's yeah. pretty run down and yeah. needs to be retiled. And when it's all gone, they go, oh, I didn't realise that. Yeah, it, yeah, it, it looked a lot nicer with all the furniture in there and it does though. You yeah. see so many buyers when I take them through and yeah. they do the final inspection and you can say, oh, geez, it's a bit different now, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah, the, the furniture's definitely gone. Yeah. Uh, but it does have that massive wow factor, so you yeah. definitely get the styling done first. Mm. If you're living in the property, then it's a matter of trying to declutter and, you know, really get as much um, stuff out yeah. and make it look bigger and brighter and, and you know, that's just as important. Yeah. So some people think, oh, I'm living there, we've got really nice furniture and yeah. we've got great that, but that's your taste. Yeah. So it still uh, is very important to get a stylist in yeah. to give you some tips um, to get, you know, the, the place presented yeah. absolutely to its best uh, possible right. uh, way so that you can get the highest price because you're, you're only going to get one crack at selling it oh, yeah. and you've got to get it right. I'll t- Yep. I'll tell you a story from way back in 1985. Um, my dad was a builder and he did a little spec job in East Brighton and he asked guests furniture if he could put some styling furniture into the place. And they said, yes, that's fine, as long as we can put little uh, signs up everywhere saying that the furniture is supplied by guest furniture. He asked him how much would it cost. He goes, nothing. It's just... You know, we just want our signs. It's like another showroom for us. Wow. That's how they explain it to him. So we had this wow. little three-bedroom. Actually, I think it was a two-bedroom yeah. side-by-side uh, 30s thing, which my dad renovated. And uh, yeah, I was going to say, <laughs> they've gone a different level since then. Yeah. So I'll tell another story about um, a house I recently went into. The owners decided to get a professional painter in to just fix up a few cracks and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. The whole house was painted in pink. Did they paint the house in some nice neutral colour? No. They got the professional painter to 
colour match the pink. Colour match the pink. Uh, yeah, right. right. Right? I was like... Why? <laughs> like, why? Why? And it was everywhere. And it was hilarious because the cracks were like this bit. Like, yeah. Sorry, about a metre long. Yeah. And there's all this white patch-up stuff everywhere. And then he's having to paint it pink. And I'm like, what's going on? And the agent was there. And he's like, yeah, it'll be okay. It'll be okay. I'm like, okay, whatever. Mm. And anyway, they... So I've written up the copy. The photographer's come in and taken the photos. And the house sold within two days to a developer who did not see the house. For the full price. Yeah. So that's the hard thing sometimes when you're going, well, how much do you spend? Because yeah, if it is that average property that, you know, a developer might bulldoze anyway, yeah. but then you've, you've got to also look at, you know, your home buyer's going to pay more. Yeah. So you want to try and, and present it right to attract a home buyer yeah. and then hopefully have the, their, you know, them interested, the developer interested yeah. and maybe an investor and therefore, you know, hopefully you've got more competition. Mm. Um, so it's a hard one, but yeah, I'd, I'd always say to people... If it's one of those homes, at least get it styled because, you know, forget the painting and everything. If it looks half decent as people walk through, they're going to look at the furniture and go, oh, this looks, it's not as bad as... It's always pretty funky. It's always brand new, pretty much furniture. But it's amazing. And then, as you said, once the furniture goes out, I think, oh, shit, what have I bought? What's what's (laughs) this? I didn't realise I didn't realise it needed this much work. (laughs) Equally, for a buyer, you need to really uh, be looking at that, don't you? And Mm. Try and try and imagine things without the furniture and yeah. yeah, and and the other thing is you know, oldest trick in the book is the lights are always on when you go into yeah. a property yeah. to make it look lighter and brighter. You know, one of the things I always do is turn the lights off yes. because I want to see what it's like naturally. Yep. And you know, if it's facing south in most parts of Melbourne, yeah, it's going to be pretty dark in the living areas. Yeah. Yep. But lights can change that, so that's another little thing that people can often make mistakes with is because, yeah. you know, every agent's going to turn all the lights on. Yeah. And, you know, owners, if they're smart, will get high uh, high voltage globes in there to make yeah. it look bright and light. Yeah, but, you absolutely. know, when, uh, when the sun goes down and, you, you know, you haven't got any uh, <laughs> lights on. Yeah. Uh, I lived in a south-facing house in Elwood and yeah. uh, it was one of the mistakes I made when I bought my first yeah. uh, second own occupied property and it was south facing I didn't realise how dark it was yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. it really uh, sort of affected, affected you living in that yeah, yeah, yeah it did like the back of the backyard hardly got any sun because it was double story extension mm. so the sun couldn't get over the top and you're yeah. facing south and so yeah. you had a sort of you know um, you know dark backyard you didn't mm. have any sun natural sun coming through so so that's some things there for the viewers to think about yeah just do that little trick of yeah. you know, making sure you turn, turn the lights off, off. Yeah. as you're going around because it's the oldest agent real estate trick in the book and they open all the blinds <laughs> up and they open all of them to try it's also a photographer's favourite trick <laughs> yeah yeah exactly. yeah yeah, yeah. Um, is it worth getting uh, attached uh, non-working appliances such as alarms, superseded heaters that aren't in use anymore, um, dishwashers and all that kind of thing um, in order before sale? Is that kind of thing important, do you think? To... 
Yeah, it's a good question because, uh, you know, if, if it's not working, then the buyer might start to think, well, hang on, what about all the other things in the house that, yeah. that might have issues with? And then it might open up a can of worms at the start. They go, well, I'll get a building inspection done. I'll get yeah. a pest inspection. And then they find there's all these other little defects and they think, oh, this house needs too much work. Yeah. I'm just going to s- strike it off the list. Yeah. So, so it might be, yeah, even just a subtle subconscious sort of thing. That, yeah. Yeah. So I think it would be important to... F- fix those items and replace them, um, you can often get, you know, even second-hand um, items to mm. replace them. So you don't necessarily have to go out and buy your brand-new dishwashers and appliances and things, mm. which could be... Grey's Online like, is wonderful, isn't it? Grey's Online used to be wonderful. <laughs> oh, it used to be wonderful. Now they've hardly got anything on there. Oh, I used really? to buy lots of stuff on Grey's Online. Yeah. I used to buy all my dishwashers and... You know, ovens and stoves yeah. and all that when I was you know, um, doing some renovations but um, every time I've gone in there recently there's not a lot on there anymore so I don't know but they, yeah, used to be good. Yeah. they used to be great but you can still get some discounted things you know online mm-hmm. um, you can buy some second hand appliances because I think sometimes if you're you know putting in brand new appliances it can be a very expensive uh, exercise to do whereas if you can pick some older ones or you've got friends or family that might be getting rid of some of these appliances then it does make sense to to make them in working order yeah um or you're going to disclose to the buyers that uh those items are not in working order because mm. if they're advertised as part of the sale, then the buyer expects them to be working, particularly yep. if they're advertised in the advertising copy, if yeah. you're advertising dishwasher, um, alarm system, air yeah. conditioner, then it's has to be working. Yes. Yeah. Unless yeah. you've got it and it's an exclusion. Yeah. And, and I always ask that when I write my ads, you know, is this working, is that working? And yeah. people say, oh, I'm planning on getting it working before, you know, it's sale date. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Do you want me to include it or not? You know. Yeah. So, yeah. so yeah, you've got to be careful that if you are advertising it in the copy and as part of the sale, yeah, that it has to be in working order. Yeah. So otherwise you've got to disclose got to, that, yeah. and that, that should be an exclusion in the contract to say excluding the alarm yeah. system, excluding yeah. that because it's not in working order. Yeah. Um, so, so, yeah, I'd, I'd be worried if... Uh, if you know, things yeah. weren't working because then, you know, buyers might start to, you know, strike your property off the list yeah. and then, you know, it's it's not uh, it's not a, a one that they will consider and you've, you've lost a buyer or two or even more out mm. of it. So. Yeah, exactly. I did see a house recently where the only hot water service was in the bathroom. Okay. There was no hot water in the kitchen or oh, wow. laundry and it was just a, a, a cylinder thing over the top of the shower, like... And it just had all these pipes. It was, I don't know, it would have been a 1910 kind of age house yeah. Um, in yeah, in Elwood. And this old guy was living in it like that for, for I don't know how many decades. But yeah. he, he, he went to God. But he's, um, yeah, the, the cleaners, the, the, the full-on cleaners were there cleaning the place up because it was just hoarder central. Yeah, uh, it would yeah. have been horrific. Well, we had one we were just about to buy in Chadston. It was a yeah. brand new townhouse, and they hadn't installed a hot water system yet. Yeah. So if we had have bought it, yeah. um, and, you know, it doesn't say anywhere in the ad, you don't usually put a hot water system no. in an ad. Um, it's buyer beware. You know, yeah. you buy it as is. Mm. And the client would have bought a property, but luckily our builder picked it up and said, that, you know, there's no actually no hot water system in Installed. Yeah, easily overlooked. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. It's amazing so, how many houses I go to and I go, oh, there's no fridge point here for the fridge. Where's yeah. where's the fridge lid? They say, oh, it's in that little lean-to part of the, you know, mm. next to the laundry or something. And you're just mm. like, yeah. whoa. 
So, yes, it is very much buyer beware. Mm. Okay, so with more people working from home and people wanting to create a little bit more income from their property, a lot of people are trying to add a little bit of flexibility within their floor plans. So what are some good suggestions that would add value to the home? Um, well, I think trying to create a, a study area or even a study nook, you know, often you can just uh, even find a, a bit of space to in, into a cupboard even yeah. and, and create a, a study, you know, a built-in study desk. Mm-hmm. Um, having something like that I think is important these days because uh, buyers and tenants will, you know, as you said, increasingly work more from home. Yeah. Um, you don't want to necessarily be doing all your work on the kitchen table or on you know on the, yeah. the breakfast bench. Yeah. Uh, so having a, a, a dedicated area, I think, is important. I think it adds a lot of value to a property if you've actually got even a study room yeah. uh, that could potentially be used as a home office study, but also could be used um, as as a um, can't think of the word now. As a guest bedroom? Or yeah, guest bedroom. So for yeah. guest bedroom, yep. you've, you've got a sofa bed there that you can pull out. So you could have it as a multifunction type room, yep. which I think would add a lot of value because often you've got guests that might just love over and, you yep. know. Have a couple uh, too many wines. Have a couple too many vinos <laughs> and, and can't get into the car on the way home. Yeah. Or, um, you know, you've got a friend who needs somewhere to stay for a while or whatever. And I think having that multifunctional space would be great and you know, potentially as I said have it as a home office slash study slash guest bedroom. You know. I think there's a lot more slashes happening in ads these days of what people can use Yeah, um, their properties that, that spare room that you know gets used for everything kind of thing Yeah, um, and it is important I think you need to. Agents in general are pretty keen to tap that as your fourth bedroom. Yes, they are. Yeah. Whether it really is or not. Not yet. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's going to add, add some value. It's going to um, add value, yeah. As long as, as I said, you're not cutting up too much of the living area yeah. and then you've got a small living area that's compromised and yeah. you sort of haven't really got a functional area there and this yeah. area is not that functional either. So yeah. you go from being functional to dysfunctional, yeah. if yeah. that makes sense. So. Yeah, yep. yeah. You mentioned earlier first impressions count, so that's obvious. Um, how much should we put into the very first impressions of the front garden and the entrance and and that side of things? Yeah, I think a lot because, you know, if a buyer or tenant drives past that property and doesn't like the look of that property from the outside, if it looks like a dog's breakfast, they're going to keep driving. Straight away. They, yeah. they, won't even, they won't even come in for an inspection. Yeah. If they sort of look at it and go, oh, you know, this... This looks really old and run down from the outside. You know, what's it going to be like on the inside? Yeah, um, going to give you that. They're not even. Yeah, they're, they're often not going to even yeah. give you that. They won't even come through the door. And I remember I had some apartments um, in my early days in Elwood and St Kilda, and uh, I'd do a, a nice renovation on the inside. But on the outside, the buildings looked tired. The body corporate or the owner's corporation was not uh, a very good one. So it was always, there was rubbish everywhere. There were, you know, old, um, old sort of couches on the nature strip and yeah. everywhere. And I used to always have a, a go at our property manager to say, how come my property is not being leased? And they yeah. say, well, people would just keep driving. Yeah. They have a look at the block and go, you know, it looks terrible. It, it, you know, it doesn't look inviting. So, you know, that first impression yeah. uh, is really important. So, you know, tidy up the front gardens, you know, 
pressure hose yeah. the walls and, and windows and you know, have them sparkling so that when people do drive past, they actually stop and they, yeah. get a, they park the car and they actually yeah. physically visit and walk through your front door. So you have a chance for them yeah. to buy your property because I, I don't know too many buyers that buy properties without walking in them yeah. and, and going through and physically touring them. So I think that's really, really important. Yeah, yep, absolutely. So I know we've already touched on this, but this is another listener question. Lynn from Box Hill is feeling a little bit overwhelmed with everything. Um, She's getting a house ready for sale. She knows she has to pay the sales commission, the advertising, all the maintenance to a home before she can um, basically get everything going and get the people through. Uh, she's been told another thing, the property styling. I know we've already talked about it, saying how it's super important, but she's just overwhelmed with the cost. Um, what would you... Is it that much that she has to has to do it? Like, she, is it that worth it? Yes, I think it is. I think, I mean, if, if she had to, you know, try and cut down any other expenses, yeah. you know, I'd cut down on advertising before yeah. I'd cut down on styling, if that makes sense, because yeah. yep. I think... You know, you can advertise the property and you can spend all this money, but if the people come there and they walk in and walk straight out again because they don't have that emotional pull to the property, then you've just wasted your advertising dollar. Um, So I would, if anything, try and... So keep your internet advertising just to get the majority, but get go small size board or goes... or, you know, don't worry about print media, that sort of yeah. thing. Yeah. As I said, if you're going to cut anywhere, yeah. um, try and try and cut um, some of that advertising, which I might sort of say, you know, you could probably get away with some of it. As you yeah. said, you might go a smaller board, you might not go the photo board even. You might say, well, yeah. if I'm going to have to cut somewhere, yeah. where can I cut? Rather than, you know, when you have your property professionally styled, mm. your photos are online. That's mm. your that's your advertisement, and you know that's the chance to have that first wow factor, yeah. where you know people will look at it and say, "Great!" And if the photos look um, terrible online, yeah. people won't even come to your property. Yeah. So you, you're just you're not even going to get them coming there. So so I think that's the importance of the styling is. Yeah look at the photos you're going to get and you guys know that better than yeah, I do because you've been in the photography game for that many yeah. years. That, yeah. You know, it is so important, uh, yeah. the photography. You can tell, uh, you know, sometimes I still see some ads and you can tell that the owners have taken the photos themselves oh, yeah. or, or the... Um, the agents have yeah. and you know you don't see it often now but you used to probably see it more five yeah. to ten years ago but I think yeah. the market has got so sophisticated and st- now and you still see a lot in um, overseas properties yeah and, yeah especially America and, and England there's a lot of agent taking photos yeah that's oh, crazy isn't it <laughs> yeah so, so I think the styling you know comes you know it Hand, hand in hand with yeah. the photos and yeah. you know the quality of how that property is going to look online yeah. uh, and you know most of the buyers are going to look at the property first on the internet so yeah. you know that's the first impression yeah. and uh, good to know uh, also that you think I'll probably have a job in the future yeah yeah, 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 yeah <laughs> I, I, well I think you will definitely have a job in the future because I haven't seen very many properties now that you you can see are very obviously taking phones with yeah. iPhones and you yeah. know agents yeah. doing that whereas you know sometimes in the past you've seen it and you can tell straight away like yeah. you just look at the photos and you just go oh this face looks terrible and, and it yeah. usually sits there and doesn't sell it yeah. usually sits on the market for a lot longer yeah. what, what I found as well when I was buying a house two years ago um, 
it's it's an intense day when you're looking at houses because yeah. literally you there, there might be three houses you want to see, yeah. and they're, they're often very either overlapping in time or yeah. the the amount of time it takes you to drive between properties sometimes means you've got to go to only two out of the three. Yeah. So those sorts of things can actually play into it as well. Like, mm. like we properties we wanted to potentially buy, we couldn't even get to like yeah. on yeah. on the Saturday, and that's, and that's actually and yeah. if you're advertising what. You know, to go with what Frank said, is that okay? You choose the houses that you actually want to go to based on the photos and the copy and everything that you've seen on the internet, and you mm. work out which ones yeah. you have to go to, and the other ones go, oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, <laughs> and if you so that's, that's what it's important for them to realise. Yeah. That's what you're fighting against often is yeah. people's time. Yeah. yeah, and they're gonna they're gonna cut someone's off the list. You don't want yours to be cut off the you list. No. You want to be on the list. Yeah. and you want to be there. You want them coming through your door. Yeah. versus someone else's. Yeah. And I think the photos. Yeah, it's that first first impression, really. Mm, it's yeah. you know, it's like anything. It's really important. You know, whenever you're booking a holiday and going to a hotel or resort, you look at the photos first yeah. before you go on and book online. You never and just go there. See all the fine details. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Is there anything regularly that you see that sort of pops up that um, property owners are doing that could be potentially decreasing the value of their home? Is there anything that stands out? Um, I think, yeah, one of the things you sometimes see is owners removing period features from uh, period oh, homes, yes. and you know that sort of you walk through, and you know they've they've changed the period windows to yeah. aluminium windows that we yeah. s- oh, we used to call it the European factor. I'm European, <laughs> so I can say yeah. that. Whereas Euro- yeah. Europeans will go in there and they'll hate the old windows yeah. and they'll put in nice sort of steel or aluminium windows. Actually, one of the houses I did was we took the front aluminium windows out. It was a 1940s home and put some new nice timber windows in just yeah. to. Yeah. Make the first impression. Yeah, so I'd love to do that at their house. You can tell that, you, but you, as soon as you go there, the street appeal is 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 so much uh, less appealing mm. when you've got that period home and then you've got the old aluminium window, uh, yeah. the aluminium windows instead of the yeah. uh, period, the period casement windows yeah. and the nice sort of period style. So I think that's one, and obviously then the period features throughout. They pull them out, and you know they. Mm. They, um, they reduce the height of the ceiling because it's too hot, uh, yeah. too too much to heat the house up. Because yeah, yeah. So they do stuff and they obviously remove the nice architraves yeah. and the nice skirting boards and the cornices and you know the yeah. rosettes and things, which you know is really what period homes uh, mm. gives them that sort of wow factor and gives them that sort of warmth and, and ambience. So I think that's yeah. one. On the block, they tend to get slammed for that, and I've noticed as well when they don't go with. The heritage of what it yeah. was style yeah. of the house, yeah. Yeah, so I think you've got to, as you said, stick to the style of the house. Um, the other ones we've sort of spoken about before is, you know, adding rooms or taking rooms yeah. away can often, uh, you know, decrease the functionality yeah. of the property. So I think, you know, that's an important Just one. Be clever about that. Yeah, yeah, be clever. And the other thing now, people are wanting more open plan living. So, mm. you know, people there that are sort of closing off kitchens and, mm. and not making them open plan, I think is a big mistake because I know most most of my buyers and the, the tenants that we deal with mm. um, want to have more open plan living area. They want to have an area where there's a nice sort of flow and that, you know, the, the living area is more open plan and more functional. The kitchen's connected yeah. to, the, to the living space rather than a separate room. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So, so I think there's some things there sometimes, you know, when uh, when 
people are looking at the floor plans and the floor plans don't work, it's not as functional because yeah. as I said, people will, will want to have those, you know, open plan living areas. Um, yeah, so there's some of the things there that I see that can decrease the value. Uh, having outdoor areas that are not uh, sort of inter, interlinked with the living areas as well, so there's no sort of flow from indoor-outdoor entertaining. Yeah. There was, there was yeah. a generation yeah. where a they used one. to have the bedrooms at the back of the house yeah. and then the kitchen and living was at the front and then you have to go down this little side draw, you know, walkway to get to the backyard. Yeah. And yeah. It's like, I, I yeah. don't like your house because of that. Yeah. Oh, you've yeah. got one of them, have you? I have a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's... <laughs> Yeah, so it, it actually wants, it's the reason why I want to move mm. due to that. I want that indoor outdoor, yeah, yeah, from the lounge sort of thing. Especially if you like sort of that outdoor barbecue and entertaining and having that area, you know, it sort of just flows from inside yeah. to outside yeah. seamlessly. Um, so I think that can be a, a real negative, you know, as you said, you're walking through someone's bedroom to get to the yeah. barbecue yeah. Uh, is not going to be as positive as if you've got sort of that outdoor yeah. entertaining area flowing out from the indoor yeah. Entertaining, so yeah. um, so having having a, a chance to be able to create that if it's if it's not already in place by putting in some French doors yeah. and opening it up and putting a nice entertainer's uh, you know timber deck out there and, and suddenly you've transformed you know the properties yeah, into a real lifestyle lifestyle yeah. you know and, and it's yeah. usable and you can enjoy, you can see yourself enjoying barbecues out there with family and friends and entertaining yeah. and so forth. Yeah. So I think I think yeah. there are a few few things there that can definitely decrease the value. Yeah. So, so you got to watch watch the floor plan is number one because mm. sometimes you know you might not be able to change the floor plan and yeah. therefore you you can't change the functionality of, of a property. Yeah. So really uh, make sure that you know you're able to sometimes manipulate and maneuver the floor plan to, to improve. See, it. I, I think that a floor plan sells a property. A floor plan's always sold a property for me. If it if it mm. works for me, if I think I can actually live in the way that it's created, then you know you won me over. And yep. yeah, that's how I've always bought a house. So photos, yeah. copy, everything else, <laughs> doesn't matter, it's the floor plan <laughs> for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. fair enough. Yep. I'm going to quick fire a couple of rooms at you. I'd like to get your opinion on butler's pantries. Do they add value to a home or not? Would you... Yes, if, as long as you've got the space to put them in, and again, you're not compromising other areas. But I think, yeah, definitely, especially you know, for people like entertaining, yeah. that you can throw away, and you know, while you're preparing food and whatever, you can sort of keep the one area fairly clean and the other area a mm. bit messier. So I think they definitely add value as long as you've got the space for it. Yep, and not compromising other yeah, space. Other spaces. Yep. I mean, arguments like you take out a laundry, mm. and then you've got no laundry area, and then you you sort of stick a little washer dryer in, in a cupboard yeah. and you've lost the functionality of a laundry and then you've got the butler's pantry so you sort see, of I see a lot of com- juggling. Yeah. I see a lot of combination yeah. laundry slash butler's pantries these days. Yeah. They, they really want to upsell their laundry yeah. by saying they've got a butler's pantry, yeah. which in some ways it can work. Can work, yeah. But it's going to come down to how much that particular buyer is going to value one over the other. Yeah. 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 And how much they like doing their la- how much they love doing their laundry. Yes. Which not most people, yeah. not, not many of us <laughs> like it. So. Well, yeah, I certainly don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, media rooms. Yeah, again, they can be a good addition, um, but I'd probably sort of have a study or office room before a media room. I think yep, you know, or, having or a bedroom instead of. In, you wouldn't convert a bedroom, for instance, to a media room. No, sacrifice no. a bedroom. Generally not. Um, yep. Again, a, a media room. 
if it's set up as more a multifunctional slash yeah, rumpus room, media room, slash home office, yeah. and it could still be used for you know a number of different uh, different functions. I think that that would be a, a good way to do it mm. uh, because often you, you're going to have to compromise losing a bedroom or losing a mm. living area, losing not having a home office. Uh, I'd probably say I think a resale value, a home office or study mm. with our growing. Um, need to work from home yeah. would be more important than a media room. Yep. So just okay. sort of just ranking them, I suppose, yeah. in terms of importance. Yeah. Skylights, adding skylights to add light. Great, great addition and a very is cheap... That, yeah. Is it a cheap... Yeah, yeah it is. I actually it, have no idea. Yeah, so, yeah, it can cost one to $2,000 per yep. skylight. Okay. It can cost even less than that. So it can be quite a cost-effective way to be, add... Right. Yeah. Great yep. way to add value, particularly the, the darker ends of the house. And um, if you're buying the right property, usually the, the north-facing part of your house will be at the back if mm. it's open plan, so you've got the living area getting a light. So the front can often be quite dark. Yeah. The, the entrance hallway, because it's facing south, mm. yep. might be facing east where you only get a bit of morning sun. Mm. Um, so, yeah, the, particularly in those front hallway areas, yeah. you know, just having a nice skylight that just as soon as you walk in there's lights brightens the and brightens up the space so I think I think they're gold yeah. uh, and for the cost of them you know they can be cheap as chips really and, okay that's a good idea then. And, and even in bathrooms um, you know I've seen them in bathrooms and they can just sort of open up lift, that area like, up. Yeah. especially if you've got a bathroom that's compromised for space it's a small yeah. bathroom that having a you know, a skylight in there can just, you know, make it look a lot bigger. Yep, yep. And, especially uh, if the bathroom's not on and out, out wall, you know, without yeah. a window, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yep. So so I think they're, yeah, absolutely great, great little tip there for, for people. Mm. Uh, one last one, pools, adding a pool. Would you, would you build a pool just for a sale? No. And would you get your money back on that in the sale, do you think? I reckon you Probably maybe not. get your money back, but you wouldn't make a lot you on it. You wouldn't make money yeah. on it. Um, yeah. I think yeah. a pool's great. And you might also rule out some people who don't want to maintain a pool, I guess, as well. Yeah. I think a pool, I mean, I've got a pool at home. Um, we've sort of, it was an old pool. We literally rebuilt it mm. from scratch, and, you know, we've had 11 years' use of it. So, you know, it's been great. It's, mm. it's more than paid for itself, but we didn't put it in there to make more money or as, as an investment. It was already there. And we, yep. we wanted to improve the functionality so the, the kids and I love using it. Yeah. We've had you know already 11 years of, of, of uh, fun using this, the space. But to go in and put one in just to, to sell it without having the... You know the usability and 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 enjoying the the, the space. I don't think you're going to get a lot back, and you actually, as you said, might polarise some buyers that mm. if they got young kids, they might not want a pool because of the safety aspect mm. of okay. you know, yeah. you know, there yeah. are obviously so many drownings in, yeah. in Australia yeah. every yep. every year from pool deaths, and so you um, may be ruling out. Younger, yeah. younger families, yeah. yeah. The old, the older family is probably good. You know, if you got the older kids, you know, mm. they're gonna, it's gonna be obviously a bit safer for them to mm. have a pool. Can't swim in that already. Yeah. But yeah, your toddlers and things like that, you might actually rule those families out altogether. Yeah. There you go. So we will take a break. We um, will come back with Grant's fun facts. According to HIA, the average bathroom renovation in 2018 in Australia was $17,522. A new bathroom adds 
the most amount of extra value to a home, uh, getting you around a 102% return on your investment in that bathroom. So would you say that's fair? So that was the... I'd say, yeah, that, that, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah, I'd say that sounds right. According to the house and the home renovations trend study that they did in 2018, the median cost of a kitchen renovation was around $20,000. The cost of a new kitchen could reap the benefits of an extra 92% of what you invested in the kitchen uh, to the value of your home. So essentially, if you thought your house was going to be worth 500000 you put $20,000 in your, in, your, in your kitchen, you should be able to walk out with $538,000 extra. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. Every dollar you put in, you should get almost a dollar Double. back, I would yeah. think. Yeah, on those, on those what for. Yeah. 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 Yep. yeah. Uh, Bit out there, but here we go. The the Colosso Oro Kitchen was invented and designed by London-based kitchen designer Marazzi. Marazzi made just 10 of these luxury kitchens, sporting futuristic looks. The appliances packed inside cost over $83,000, and the total kitchen cost $456,000 for a kitchen. If that's not mind-blowing enough, the Fior di Cristallo Kitchen cost... Uh, $1.6 million and includes a Swarovski crystal chandelier priced at $42,000 a wine climate cabinet uh, a genuine stone worktop and a crystal island worth $59,000 designed by Claudio Celeberti the Fior di Cristallo kitchen launched in 2012 and it's said to be the most expensive the kitchen most in the world. In the world. Wow. Renovation in the world. Nice to see it. Nice to see it. Yeah. It would be yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah. Well, I'm, unfortunately, <laughs> we're not a visual, so you might have to Google that one. You might have to Google that one. Uh, what, uh, Frank, what's your, been your biggest overcapitalization mistake that you've come across? Um, question without notice. <laughs> yeah, question without notice. I think, I mean, the kitchen can be one where I've, I've seen so, some people put in these massive kitchens. Yeah. And in some of the houses that, you know, they've, you know, they, they haven't fit into the rest of the house. The kitchen's yeah. been too big and, you know, they've put in every everything they've they've got yeah. into it. Um, so I think, you know, sometimes overcapitalising on, on certain parts of the house that you're probably not going not to get your money back. Yeah. Um, and, and I've as I said, I've seen some kitchens, you just think, oh, you know, you'd have to have they a family of 20, 20 people to, to yeah. actually use this space. Um, and then they might have taken some or their living area space as well. So so I think that's one. The other one uh, was, the, you know, the pool where, you know, if you're someone's selling and they go in and put a pool just before selling, I, th- I think for the, the cost and the effort, effort to do it, yeah. you know, are you really going to get a, a dollar back for your dollar in? And I'd yeah. say no. You've seen that in the past. Yeah, yeah I'd yeah. say no. So, yeah. Yes. Okay, so now we've got quick quiz. All right. Okay, so what's your favourite Melbourne cafe, Frank? Oh, Jimmy Jans in Elwood. Oh, I get my coffee most mornings. Yeah. So <laughs> you've got to give him a plug. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> okay, so what's better, um, pizza or fish and chips on the beach? Pizza. You're a pizza guy. Mm, yeah. Yay. I like my pizzas. Pizza? Yeah. So am I. Um, who's your favourite personality on the radio? 
I like Hughes. He's Husey? he's funny. Yeah, he's yeah. funny. He's, yeah. he's always got a joke or two to tell. So Hughesy bought a house on the block, didn't he? He, he did. did. Yeah. He did, and his wife didn't know about it. Yeah. Apparently, <laughs> got in trouble for it. <laughs> got in trouble for it. Well, he didn't buy anything this year. I rang him, and he said, "No, no, not buying anything." I think I think he might still be recovering. Um, his wife might have wanted to try to divorce him after the last yeah. purchase. Yeah. Fair so, what's your favourite sport to play? Soccer. So I used to play semi-professional soccer yeah. for about 20 years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm very passionate about it. I've gone to four Soccer World Cups. Wow. Watched every Australian game yeah. at the World Cups, apart from 1974 when I was only four years old. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but, Missed uh, that one? Lo- love it. Love yes. it. Peanut butter and jealous on that one. That's what you Yeah. yeah. Uh, so what's, your, what's the last song you sang out loud? You've lost that loving feeling. Yeah? Yeah, I don't Some know Some karaoke why. thing? I don't know. I just don't know. I like that song. You like that one? <laughs> That's yeah. the first one that came to my head. <laughs> uh, what's the most recent Melbourne attraction that you've just stumbled across? Science Works. When I went there with my kids, I'd never yeah. been there before. So, okay. Yeah, so it's interesting. Yeah. yeah. Something it's quite different. an interesting place, actually. Yeah. yeah. Never yeah. been there before. Yeah. Even, even for us. Uh, what's the most luxurious thing you've ever seen in a house? Oh, a big piano, like a big grand yeah. piano, like, like in one one of the houses in Turak once yeah. I went through, so that was pretty... Pretty full on? Full, yeah, yeah, would have cost a fortune, but yeah, I don't know how much it was. Yeah, yeah. insane. Uh, what's the last amateur production you've ever you've seen? Oh, my daughter's... Dance concert last week. <laughs> yeah, that counts. <laughs> What's your favourite memory of your family home growing up? Um, favourite memory was playing out in the backyard on the trees. So it yeah. was in climbing, uh, trees. climbing trees in North Fitzroy. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. So, Frank, you've got an offer for our listeners. Yes, yeah, so it's a free consultation with myself personally, valued yeah. at $495, and it's to talk about anything that you want in the property market. Yeah. Uh, so it could be to review your current portfolio and give you some advice on it. It could be to look at which areas to invest in. Really, anything that you want to discuss uh, yeah. and tap into the, my um, experience and expertise on. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's it's free for your uh valued listener that wins it. Great. So, yes, Grant and I will put together a little competition on Facebook, which will be a share, like, and comment, and we'll put all those names of people who do that into a little bit of a bucket and pull out a name of a winner, and they will win that free consultation with Frank worth $495. Thank you, Frank. Thank you. Thank you so much, Frank, for being a part of our very first episode of Real Estate Right. You've given our listeners some great tips, and we look forward to having you on again throughout 2020. It's going to be a big year in real estate, and we are so excited to bring Melbourne our new podcast to help buyers, sellers, renters, and investors with their real estate needs. Next week, we have Matthew Phillips from Patterson Homes to talk to us about what's the difference between a custom-built home and a spec home, a great episode for those looking at building a new home. 
Real Estate Right is a real copyright and We Shoot Buildings production. We would like to thank Podbean for hosting our podcast, Audio Stock for sound effects, Premium Beat for our theme music and Coles in Somerville for catering. Like us on Facebook, Instagram or subscribe on your favourite podcast service. Don't forget to enter our Facebook competition for Frank Valentic's Property Consulting Prize. We will announce the winner via Facebook and Instagram. Thanks for listening to Real Estate Right.